0: Thanks Sarah. Morning everyone. Morning, Everyone in the building, everyone online. It's great to be with you this morning. There we go. That's the device recognises my face. It's always encouraging, particularly in the morning. Um, I don't know about you. Is is anyone here feeling or anyone online feeling that they're particularly entering into the Christmas spirit? Uh, We're about a week, well, we are exactly a week away from Christmas Day. Um, And there are varying degrees of what I like to refer to as festivity going on uh, around the place. I don't know about, some of you will uh, know people, I certainly know people. Offices are fascinating for this at the moment um, because I know that there are people in my office uh, who have been wearing reindeer, reindeer antlers since Halloween um, Christmas jumpers have been out certainly since the end of November um, and I find that I've got a little bit of a varied relationship with that kind of experience I, I tend to I think everyone's on a festivity spectrum I think that's fair enough um, and I kind of work on the basis of Christmas cake absolutely I'm there that's absolutely fine Christmas songs yeah bit variable. I think it depends on your relationship. Christmas crackers, if absolutely forced, and Christmas jumpers, not a chance. I think that's the general way uh, that I approach being festive. Um, we might have some Grinches in um, the group today. We might have some Grinches online. We might have some Scrooges online. We might have some people who genuinely would win the most likely to receive a bag of humbugs for Christmas um, but if you are one of those people, don't worry. It's absolutely fine because, regardless of your level of festivity, um, we've got something for you this morning. We've we talked about Christmas carols, Christmas cake, all that. So we're working our way through the Christmas story this month. Um, and we've had Sarah and Steffi um, spend some time going over particular aspects of the Christmas story and, and p- picking on particular characters. And we had the shepherds and we've had Mary. Um, I'm going to pick on, uh, not pick on, that's a little bit harsh. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, one of what I think is one of the most unsung characters in the Christmas story. Um, And that is not in the hierarchy of the Christmas nativity play that Sarah introduced to us the other week. Because in the hierarchy of the nativity play, this character is particularly high. Because as we know, as Sarah informed us, it generally goes kind of chorus, shepherds, wise men, Mary and Joseph. That's the, the general hierarchy. However, if you notice, everybody, including the chorus people in that run, have lines in a nativity play, except for Mary and Joseph. Mary never speaks. Generally, I don't know if this comes across online, so apologies to the guys in the camera, I'm being spontaneous. That's the general kind of Mary approach. Joseph, standing either slightly behind, sometimes holding a staff, which is weird because he's not a shepherd, or sometimes over to the other side, around the manger with baby Jesus in, never gets a line in a nativity play, the innkeeper gets a line in the nativity play, the innkeeper gets to say no room, he gets two words, Joseph, nothing at all, and it struck me, it's a bit of a weird one, and this is what I mean about it being an unsung unsung character in the story, is that if you read the Bible, there's two accounts of the Christmas story in the Bible, there's Matthew and there's Luke, all the way through the Christmas story, Matthew and Luke, Joseph doesn't get a single line either, Don't know if you've ever noticed this. Go back and read it because genuinely he doesn't speak. He gets spoken to and he does things but he doesn't get to say anything. He doesn't get a single line and it's weird because all the other main characters get lines. Mary gets lines. The angels get lots of lines. The shepherds arguably get lines. They sing and praise God for the wonders that he's done. The wise men get lines. They talk to King Herod. King Herod gets lines. Zachariah gets lines, and he's not even allowed to speak for nine months. (laughs) Joseph, nothing, which seems a little bit harsh. Um, But we're going to talk about Joseph this morning, as you'll have gathered. And Joseph, I believe, has got something to say to us this morning, whether he says something in the Bible or not. We're going to look at his actions, what is said to him. And I genuinely believe that Joseph's actions are going to speak louder than his words to us this morning. So, what I'm going to do is just pull out three things from Joseph's interactions. We're mainly going to camp out in Matthew 1. So, if you've got Bibles at home and you've got them open, open it up to Matthew 1. Um, we are going to touch on a few other verses as well, but we're going to keep coming back to that set of verses. And typically, it's going to be Matthew 19 through to about 25. And we'll, we'll read it now um, but we'll come back and, and circle back to it at, at different point. so in its entirety this is what it is so it says this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about you'd be, most likely be very familiar with this story his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph her husband was faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace he had in mind to divorce her quietly When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. You know, God comes and speaks to him in a dream. An angel comes and speaks to Joseph in a dream. Says, take, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Arguably the most difficult social situation that Joseph is going to find himself in, arguably the biggest event in Joseph's life thus far, and he still doesn't get any lines. You've got to be feeling pretty hard done by, but he is going to speak this morning. So three things about Joseph we can pull out this morning. First thing, Joseph knew God's voice. How do we know that Joseph knew God's voice? Right? For context, Joseph has grown up in a society where the general rule of God speaking to people is that God does not speak to everyone. God speaks to a select few. The whole of the way through, if you look through the whole of the Old Testament, God speaks to a select group of people, usually either leaders of nations or weird eccentric people who live in the desert. That tends to be God's type, if you like, as you go through the Old Testament, but he speaks to the chosen prophet. He speaks to the person that he selected to act as his mouthpiece to the nation. And usually, throughout the Old Testament, when God speaks, it is a word for the whole nation, for the entire group of people. So, when you look at, with the exception, when you look at um, Abraham, we look at Moses. You look at Joel. You look at um, Elijah. You look at Samuel. You look at Nehemiah. They are generally leaders of nations or certainly people in huge amounts of authority who are speaking God's words to the nation or to the king or to the people who are in charge. What we get in Matthew 1 and Luke 2 is God scraps all of that and suddenly he's speaking to everyone. He speaks to Zachariah, he speaks to Mary, he speaks to the, to the shepherds, he speaks to wise men, he speaks to um, Joseph and what it, this is the Christmas story. And the Christmas story is essentially saying that this is God departing from centuries of his own tradition. And he's no longer just speaking to the one eccentric leadership person. He is now speaking to everyone. And it's a culmination of what the prophet Joel actually says in Joel 2. Uh, 28 to 29 says this, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's what we see in Matthew 1 and in Luke 2 is God suddenly speaking to people. He's beginning to pour out his spirit. And Joseph is no exception, right? We know that he recognizes God's voice. How do we know that, we recognize, that he recognises God's voice? We know because of what he does. Because he doesn't do what you and I would do. Matthew 1.24, you get when Joseph woke up, he thought, that was a weird dream. Oh, well, on with the divorce. It doesn't say that, which is what you and I would potentially do. Wake up in the next morning and think, oh, no, that's a bit of a bizarre dream. He knew that God had spoken to him. We know that he knew that God had spoken to him because he woke up and he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Can you imagine the social pressure that that would create for Joseph? Can you imagine how certain he would have to be that it was God who'd spoken to him? Can you imagine how often he would have to remind himself time and time again what that angel said to him in the dream, that the words of God had spoken to him because of that recurring questioning of that social situation Joseph knew God's voice he knew that God was speaking to him and this Christmas I believe that God wants to speak to us as well you know God wants to speak to you this Christmas he wants to say to you, you know what whatever is going on in your life right here and now I am doing something new and I have got something for you I have a gift for you because the promise is coming in fact, it has come. The virgin has conceived. She gave birth to, to a son, and he grew, grew up to become Jesus, the Savior of the world, who died on a cross for all of our sins so that we could come into a relationship with the true Father. That is what God wants to say to all of us this morning, to take away our sin, take away our shame. And that's why the child is called Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph knew God's voice. Right. My prayer is that we would know God's voice as well this Christmas. So that's number one. Joseph knew God's voice. Number two, Joseph knew God's faithfulness. Right? Joseph went through some of the most difficult times you can possibly imagine. Okay? And um, we're going to skip through a few of them. So Luke 2, 4 to 7 says this: Joseph went. Um, up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Why did he go there? He went there because Caesar Augustus issued a decree that he was going to tax the whole world, which is probably quite an effective taxation policy. And he made sure that everybody had to go back to their original towns where they lived. So everyone had to travel all at the same time while doing their tax return, which is an interesting concept. But Joseph went, and he went there to register with Mary, He was pledged to be married to him. They were expecting a, a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Why was there no guest room available for them? We're not really sure. There's an innkeeper in many nativity stories. There may not have been an innkeeper, um, actually, in Bethlehem at the time. This could have been a guest room situation at home. However, we know that this was a birth that was far from ideal. Maternity services were quite poor at that moment in time in Bethlehem. And it's a very different... Not only is he dealing with a child that isn't his, he is dealing with a birth in very difficult circumstances. But God was faithful. God found a place for them. Matthew 2, 13 to 14. After Jesus is born... Um, And after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of, oh no, this is the next one. There's one before this, which I haven't actually put on, so, uh, oh, it's there. There you go, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. So he's had a child born in very difficult circumstances, then become refugees in another land, in another environment, now refugees, but God is still faithful. That second verse, Matthew 2, 19, talks about he comes, the angel comes to him in a dream and he returns to Israel. He returns to Galilee, but... He is not able to settle where he wants. When he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. So, having been warmed in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a town called Nazareth. Nazareth was not his first choice place to live. We don't know what his first choice place to live was, but it wasn't Nazareth. He chose to go somewhere else because he was still living in fear. But God was faithful you know joseph knew the voice of god but he also knew god's faithfulness can i tell you this morning this christmas god is faithful god is faithful to his word he does not abandon us you know joseph is mentioned in four contexts in the bible first one is that his wife is pregnant with somebody else's child admittedly god's child but still not his the second is when he's running for his life because the local dictator wants to kill his child The third is when he's taking the child to the temple to offer sacrifices and to be dedicated. And the fourth is a huge parenting fail where they take the child to Jerusalem and accidentally leave him there for a day and then have to come back and try and find him. Those are the four occasions that Joseph is mentioned in the Bible and then he's never mentioned again. He knew some difficulty. He knew some challenges. He knew what it was to have a, arguably a centuries-long reputation for, for relative um, issues. But he knows the faithfulness of God. You know, God was faithful to Joseph. He will be faithful to you. He is faithful to me. He is faithful to us. You know, God didn't choose to bring Jesus, the savior of the world, in, savior of the world into the world through all of these difficult circumstances by accident. He knew that there was going to be difficulty because in the middle of all of this difficulty, turmoil, fear, oppression, everything else, what is God saying? I can bring salvation out of this. I can bring hope out of this. I can bring life in all its fullness. So this Christmas, can I encourage you, allow God to demonstrate his faithfulness to you. If you're struggling this morning, believe in God's faithfulness. He is faithful to his word. He will come through he loves you. So Joseph knew God's voice. Joseph knew God's faithfulness. The last thing, Joseph knew God's heart. You know, we know that Joseph knew God's heart. And we know that not just because he knew his faithfulness, but because of what God says to him. What's the first thing that God says to Joseph? Matthew one twenty. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Which is ridiculous. Uh, It it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous because David was not Joseph's father. Matthew, if you look in Matthew 1, it goes through the whole genealogy. Joseph's father is not called David. Joseph's father is called Jacob. Now, yes, there is King David in the genealogy. And in the Bible, Matthew is making the point and making the connection between Jesus and David, as in King David, because Jesus should come from the line of David, so that is true. However, Joseph, son of David, is a bit of a misnomer because it should be Joseph, son of Jacob. And actually, you see it in Matthew 1.16. It says this, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So technically, it should be Joseph, son of Jacob, but it isn't. And there will be all sorts of reasons for it, but this was one that spoke to me. Okay? What does Jacob mean? Jacob means deceiver or cheat. Or supplanter comes from um, Jacob in the Old Testament. Jacob and Esau are brothers. Jacob comes out of the womb holding on to Esau's heel, and he's named Jacob because he grasps the heel, which also has connotations around that cheat, deceiver, and supplanter, which feeds into Jacob's story if you go back and you read it. David means beloved. Jacob means deceiver. David means. Beloved, what is Matthew trying to say to us here in this writing? What is God potentially trying to say to us this morning? Something that speaks to me. Joseph, you're not son of Jacob. You are son of David. Don't be deceived. You are loved. In that one sentence, what does God do? He redefines Joseph's identity. He changes the connotation of what he has grown up in to what he is going to be from that moment forward. Don't be deceived. Don't be cheated. Don't allow the thief to come in and steal and destroy. You are loved. Why did Jesus come? John 10.10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come. Jesus came. This child that they may have life and life in all its fullness. Can you see the theme coming through here? Can you see God starting as he means to go on? Don't be deceived. You're loved. Next thing he says to Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be deceived. You are loved. Don't be afraid. And then God goes one better. So Matthew one twenty one. Matthew 1.21 says, Mary will give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew 1.25, he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Who named Jesus? Joseph named Jesus. Joseph spoke those words of affirmation over Jesus. Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Jesus means the Lord saves. This two-verse span, God comes in and says, Joseph, don't be deceived. You are loved. Don't be afraid because my spirit is being poured out and I am going to save my people from their sins. The entire gospel is in those three verses. I love that. I love the way it's written. I love the way that it comes across. You know, Joseph knew God's voice. He heard God's God's voice. He knew God's faithfulness. And he spoke out, naming Jesus as God saves. He acted, he declared God's salvation over his family, over that nation, by giving him the name Jesus. That's what we can recognize from Joseph this morning. You know, God is here. God is with us. God is in your homes. God is in your lounges, sitting rooms, bedrooms, wherever you happen to be watching this right now. God is there with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to say to you this morning, don't be afraid. Don't be deceived. You are loved. Don't be afraid. I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. And I'm bringing salvation to you. You know, God is faithful this morning. Jesus is God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He is the God who saves. Can I encourage you to pray a prayer with me this morning? If you're at home, just take a moment, clear your mind of all of the stuff that is interfering with with whatever is going on. And let's just pray this morning. You know, you can do this for the first time, you can do this for the hundredth time. But Jesus has come that we may have life in all its fullness. You know, we want to hear from God this morning and we want to know his faithfulness. So I'm going to pray. I'd encourage you to pray along with me. um, And then we're going to worship. But Jesus, I'm here this morning. And Jesus, I want to know your voice. Jesus, I want to know your faithfulness. And Jesus, I want to know you as saviour this morning. God, will you forgive me for when I've been deceived, for when I've gone my own way, for when I've feared. God, when I've chosen to do the things that aren't right, the things that aren't from you, Father, will you forgive my sins this morning? Thank you that you love me, that you are with me, that you are the God of God who saves Jesus this morning we choose to believe in you Jesus we choose to focus on you this Christmas God to hear and listen for what you would say to us and we thank you for your love we thank you for your peace and father I pray for everyone in this Um, church right now, Father, whether they are at home or whether they are in this building, Father, I pray that your spirit would be poured out this morning, that they would know your love, that they would know your peace. Amen. You know, we're going to worship this morning. Can I encourage you this week? Listen for God's voice. He wants to speak to you this week in the run-up to Christmas, on Christmas itself. He wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to bless you because he loves you.